Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Repack for Acme Packing Company. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tax Western. Say what's up to People Tax. Oh, well, I am sitting here in my home office in central Ohio, drinking the highest alcohol content scotch that I have. Um, I was hoping to to have my my favorite scotch today in celebration, but instead here now we're trying to trying to blot out the memories of that game this morning. I hate it. I hate it. I woke up. Way too early by accident. <laughs> Caught the game. Had to like, yeah, wake up too early, get pissed. Then I took a nap. Nap didn't help anything. Still mad mm-hmm. about this game. Mm-hmm. The Packers mm-hmm. lost 27-22 in London to the New York Giants. It might be the most fraudulent 4-1 team we've ever seen in the NFL. This sucked. This it sucked so much. <laughs> this was... And we just talked about it uh, before we went on air, but this loss to me is way, way, way worse than week one. Absolutely. Like, I I feel like we we all, like, three and two seemed like a viable possibility at the beginning of the season. You know, divisional game against Minnesota week one, that's kind of a toss-up. And then I think we all figured Tampa, right? Like, we kind of all had that penciled in as a loss coming into the season. Um, They kind of stole one there. So, like, on record, 3-2 and two doesn't feel that bad, but just the way it's happened, and, and this game in particular, against a Giants team that basically had half of a, an NFL-caliber receiver on their roster, it's, oh, it sucks. It sucks so much. <laughs> the, the Giants had four wide receivers coming into this game. They had to elevate Marcus Johnson to get to the fourth because so many of their wide receivers were banged up. And they just could not stop Darius Slayton, who has not been a part of the offense really, nope. you know, so far this year. It's crazy. He he got seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards. This is a banged up, not good Daniel Jones either. Um, yeah. Had a 200 point or a 100.2 passer rate. I mean. Without a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, can't completed... st- they can't stop anyone. He completed 21 of 27 passes for 217 yards, like eight, eight and a half yards per attempt, something like that. Um, you know, over, over 75% of his passes. What the hell happened on defense? I don't even know because it seemed like they were just getting, I don't, I don't know if they have like obvious tells of when they're going into cover three or something like that, but you could tell that every time they were getting into single high looks post snap, they're just getting benders across the middle. And for for whatever reason, Dayball had their number from a play calling perspective. Yeah. The one thing I thought that was interesting that I saw after the game was uh, TJ Slayton, the backup nose tackle, said something about how they the Giants ran a lot more bootlegs than they were ready for. And I think that uh, 
once Dable saw that the Packers had no answer for the bootleg whatsoever, he just kept spamming it, spam calling bootlegs nonstop and it kept working. And that's, I feel like that's the kind of thing that the Packers haven't done in the Lafleur era is when you find a play call that, that works and works consistently, keep running it until the, the opposing team can actually stop it. I feel like we haven't seen that. And um, I mean, I guess good on Dable for, for picking that up as a, as a weakness and exploiting it. Cause it it, Jones does do a lot of his best work when he's on the run, when he's moving, Um, we can kind of see the field out in front of him and, and use his legs, but Jeez, I I thought the ankle would be more of a factor. Um yeah. and I don't know if he just got it shot up really well and, and wasn't feeling anything from the knee down in that leg or what it was. But I mean he, he was he made way too many plays against this defense. Way too many for for that to be acceptable. Also, even even if he was shot up and all that stuff, he's Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. He's Daniel Jones. I'm looking at, at his game logs right now. 2021, he had one, two, three games where he had a, a, a passer rating as high as he did today. Ugh. And 2020, he had one. And in 2019, <laughs> he had one, two, three and they were all against terrible teams. I mean, we're talking <sighs> Washington in overtime, the New York Jets, and the Detroit Lions. So this dude doesn't have these games usually. He does not. He's 30th yeah. in the league in passing yards. And Ugh. they just let him loose. I mean, this was supposed to be a good defense. And it hasn't looked that way all season, in my opinion. Because um, even when they've kept scoring down low, They've been able to give up yards and they're looking out on turnovers, right? And right. that's that's the thing that makes you nervous. It's like they're they're getting the results, but the process is bad. So they're mm-hmm. not gonna change the process, right? Yeah. Um they were there were a couple plays, like I said, they were spinning in one high, giving them cover three and robber looks. Um and they just weren't able to cover those guys running crossers. I mean, Eric Stokes must have given up a ton of yards today. He had a yeah. pretty – this was actually, like, way worse of a game for Stokes than the Vikings game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you're, not, you're not going up against Je- Justin Jefferson. You're going up against yeah. Darius Slayton and, yeah. like, David Sills or some, something, whatever the hell that is. Like, David the other Sills thing... is, like, a scholarship quarterback <laughs> at, like, 12 years old. It's so <laughs> dumb. I hate that he's still around and he gets uh... to embarrass me. One of the other things that I found really frustrating was twice uh, Packers had uh, first down sacks on um, on drives coming out of kickoffs. One was in the second quarter after a touchdown uh, right after a kickoff. And then I think the other one was and that one was inside the 20. That was the one where um, I think uh, Brightwell like got got tackled at the 15 or something on the kickoff. Jaron Reed gets a sack. Uh, finally does a thing and I mean, kind of cleaned up Preston's pressure, but, and then Rasul gets called for holding all the way down the field. Yeah. That was, that was a legit call, but the one that wiped away the Rashawn Gary sack on the first play of the second half, that, that was, that looked like a phantom call to me, but regardless, like that's two sacks that on, on drives that ended up scoring, scoring points for the giants that you could have almost ended those early 
um, if those sacks hold up and instantly you're in, you know, second and 15, second and 20 and, and you're digging out of a big hole. So that was frustrating too. And they gave us the false sense of hope. They yeah. got to stop on the first drive. The first time <sighs> that they stopped anyone on a first drive this season, which is again, amazing when, I mean, Devontae wanted out, but uh, like all that money is on the defensive side now. Yeah. Yeah, you start up back to back three and outs, and everybody's like, "All right, this is great. This is this is going well." And then, yeah, the bottom just falls out from under you. Ugh. This team, am I wrong? It, it feels predictable. Like I, mm-hmm. I said it in the APC Slack, and I said it in a group chat with like national writers, right? Like Solax in there, Chuck's in there, all that stuff. And as soon as the Giants started driving on that like eight minute drive to tie the game. I was like, we're going three and out and yep. we're calling three passes because this <laughs> is what we do. The Packers was, get punched in the yeah. face. Rogers goes hero ball. They don't complete a single one. And then LaFleur has to pull in the reins again. It's I thought crazy. for sure that it was going to be the old, you know, incomplete deep shot, second and 10 run incomplete deep shot drive. Um, and, and yeah, we were, we were all on the same page on that one. You knew it was coming. You just knew that, that that was coming. I literally could tell it was happening uh-huh. overseas. overseas. <laughs> I was not on the same continent, and yeah. I could tell you exactly what was going to happen. And I know Rodgers, after the game, was like, no, I liked all three play calls, all yada, yada, yada. They weren't open. Yeah. You, were throw- you were throwing the cover dudes. How can you like the play call if the guy's not open? I don't get it. Does... I, we we know that Rodgers has basically the freedom to to check into a pass on any play at the line of scrimmage, but isn't there isn't there a time and place where Lafleur on first down on that drive goes to Rodgers on the sideline before he takes the field and be like, unless you have a nine man box, run the fucking ball on first down. Yeah, like I mean, and and the, they didn't run the ball much, but when they did, they were picking up decent chunks of yardage on a fairly consistent basis. I mean, it was I'm not sure what the you find the the numbers. I mean, they averaged five yards a carry, four point seven in the game. Um, yeah, Dylan and Jones both four point eight and and five point seven yards per carry. Um, and and those were consistent, right? It wasn't like they were getting stuffed and then you know breaking off a couple of long runs. Those were those were generally consistent, like three to seven yard carries throughout the whole game when they actually gave them the football. So just that first down, get you know get in a decent second down down in distance. And run your freaking offense. And the other thing, too, is like people I've seen it already on Twitter where people post the screenshots because Wink, obviously, right? The Giants defensive coordinator, he he it's his first year there. He used to be in Baltimore for a long time. He's loading up the line of scrimmage. Right. And it's something that we kind of saw against Tampa, but really on like passing downs in Tampa. Right. Um, Wink will do it every single freaking down. Yeah. That's something that like Petten did too. You could run the ball and Petten, like you just mm-hmm. run trap or something like that. Obviously, you don't know which one of these guys is going to bail out from the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. But if you break a tackle at the line of scrimmage, there's nothing. I mean, you're full head of steam Gone. at the safety. If that guy misses, it's a touchdown. Yep. I don't understand it. Uh, RIP the pony package. <laughs> they, that was they fun. did they had one one play call that i actually liked in the first half of out of it when they they ran that little uh smoke screen to to jones with a couple of blockers in front of him mm-hmm. that was kind of fun but other than that there was 
There was nothing. Yeah, it was out pony package in pin and pull for a couple plays, and then they just stopped running the ball. Deguara signs a life on the offensive <laughs> side. That was kind of fun, I guess, because like for some reason they're using Tyler Davis as a drive starter. So like what I mean by that is like first play of drives, they like have a scripted play and you're usually for, for drive starters because you don't know what they're going to be in. It's like a pretty conservative play call. For some reason they throw in Tyler Davis into the mix there. I mean, they've done it since last season. I don't, I don't get it. A team strong team, the Gora in in the Mosqueda household. I don't, (laughs) what the hell is Tyler Davis doing on this team? I don't know. I, I don't know. Run, run some split zone or something. That's what Deguara is out there for. Right. Yeah. Like get him, get him moving, moving and, and crashing on the the backside D end or something. And uh, it just, uh, what, yeah. What, what does Siler do here? <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I want to talk about this roster too. Okay. Yeah. So the inactives that you oh. so nicely grabbed. At- and then your alarm went off anyway. <laughs> yeah. So the reason, the reason I woke up so early, I must have, when the schedule release came out, I must have put it in my calendar to wake up at like five in the morning for this Lambo game. Text picked up the inactive. So I didn't have to wake up until like I had my alarm set for like six or something. Nope. Up at five o'clock by complete accident. <laughs> just like minus one hour of sleep. I, I tried to help you out, man. I really did. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so Amos, Amos played, obviously Jair Alexander played, obviously, um, here are the inactives. A hurt Devontae Wyatt, which we'll get to later because mm-hmm. there is something to get to here. Jonathan Ford, Sean Ryan, Samari Toure, Rashid, uh, Rashid Walker. What do all these people have in common? Those are five draft picks. Those are all five Goot draft picks. And I know Wyatt is banged up, but Ford has, I mean, they had four defensive linemen in this game. And Jonathan yep. Ford can get promoted. That's crazy. Toure cannot get promoted. He's being jumped by, uh, you know, Jawan Winfrey on the practice squad. Walker, Ryan, I mean, they have so many offensive linemen. Yeah, that's, that's whatever. Jones, but... I'm not as worried about that. But, like, for yeah. Toure, like, you're going to have guys. I mean, Barnes is on injured reserve, right? Kylan Hill is on the uh, pup list. He's ready to come back, you know, when, whenever he's healthy. Sammy Watkins is going to come back. Caleb Jones is on the NFI. I don't know how sick he is, right? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Here's here's hoping that 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 gets cleared up quickly. But uh, yeah, but all I, those guys are have contributed more to this team than Ford or Toure have this year. And you would assume that if no one else gets hurt, like knock on wood, right? Those guys are going to have like the roster is going to have to turn and. The guys on the chopping block are the good draft picks. At some point, he's going to have to let some of these guys go and expose them to the practice squad. It's 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 got to happen because what 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 are you going to cut? You're going to cut a. I'm, I'm trying to think of the guys that are active on game days that would need to come off to to make room for any of these guys. Like who? I guess who it'd are you be pulling like the tight ends, right? Like like are you are you gonna are you gonna actually cut Tyler Davis? I don't I don't see that happening, but I. I don't know. Like, does Caleb? I mean, again, Caleb Jones is on NFI, so he doesn't even yeah. count right right now. Um, it's just the 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 attachment to some of these guys um, from a roster perspective. I know we talked about it a little bit 
a couple of weeks ago with the, the rookie, the, the draft pick signing bonuses and things, but ultimately like we're in the season. And if you cut a guy, the, the rest of that bonus doesn't accelerate until next year because we're after that June deadline. So it's not going to hurt you this year. Yeah. It'll hurt you with a little bit of dead money next year, but, and, and I know that they're a little bit funky with the cap, you know, the cap next year with, with Rogers contract and all the other stuff that's going on. But at some point, like you, you, need to put a team on the field now that is going to, and you're going to put players on the field who are going to contribute. And, and that's what and it boils down to like for me. $45,000. Yeah. And it's yeah, also the difference of like the rollover and all that stuff. And yeah, the like, seventh rounders, that's the thing. Like these guys don't have big signing bonus numbers that we need to worry about on this, on this aspect. I almost get it more with Amari because at least he's a third round pick and that signing bonus is a little bit more substantial, but yeah, if you can't find a place to, to if you can't get Jonathan Ford active for this game when you're going up against a Daniel Jones offense with Saquon Barkley, the best running back in the NFL so far this year, Devontae White, your first round pick is hurt and you've only got four healthy offensive linemen. If that's not the game that Ford is active for, he's never playing this season. He's going to be Jack Eflin from last year all over again. Yeah. So, yeah, Wyatt out with the, <clears throat> with the uh, quadriceps injury. I thought it was interesting because that last drive, right, where the Giants drove all the way down the field, it was like an eight-minute drive, all that stuff. I can't remember if they had been in a goal line situation before, but I was watching their goal line defense, and they went out in that, like, 6-1, right, with the four defensive linemen on the field. And it, like, clicked in my brain. I'm like, if one of the defensive linemen went down, they literally could not have run goal line defense. Like, what the heck are we even (laughs) doing here? You are able to promote two or elevate two guys off of the practice squad. Where's Jack Eflin? Last year, they elevated (laughs) two guys every single week. And this year, they've elevated two guys like once or twice, Mm -hmm. I think. And then the other ones, it's been like Patrick Taylor is the only guy called up. This week, they didn't call anyone up. Why are they doing this? They're saving these guys. So so that's – why is my alarm going off? What the heck? 5.30 (laughs) alarm. Like, oh no you said it for just said it for p.m instead of a.m <laughs> oh my goodness i hate london week <laughs> i hate london week all right to the the defensive line thing what one thing that i think is like weird right this comes back to that roster construction of these damn rookie draft picks that they're keeping on the 53 that they're not playing right i think they're keeping they're they're not using practice squad elevations because they have so many roster stashes on this team. So they're like waiting for future, for, for future games. Dude, you had four defensive linemen in this game. Grow up. This is supposed to be a playoff team. I don't think uh-huh. this is a playoff team right now. I not really the way don't. they played today. Absolutely not. No. They played like crap all season. I got so much heat last week. I, I, what was it? I think it was the repack. We posted, uh, I think the title was like a, a win that feels like a loss or something like yep. that. And people were, furious and they're like no wins ever feel like losses uh, i know sure people about talk that? about moral victories i'm here to talk about moral losses the packers <laughs> have three moral losses and two actual losses this season. Oh, i i don't this is not a good football team right now no the the way they escaped last week with you know clutching uh victory from the jaws bailey zappy like you've you've just had Back-to-back games where you probably should have lost both games against Bailey Zappi and Daniel Jones. What are we doing here? Man, 
It's not good. No, it's not good. Um, <laughs> couple other just general things I want to talk about. Mark Sanchez. He's oh. about his job. Oh. Shut up, Mark Sanchez. Holy crap. Mark Sanchez let the game just play out challenge. The Kevin Kugler is not much better because the one that got me on Kugler is the end around that they had to Christian Watson. He called that as Amari Rogers. Like I know nine and eight look alike, <laughs> but six foot five and five foot nine do not look alike. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Sanchez kept hitting with the dubs too. Yeah. He could not say dubs at all. Um, <sighs> Amari, speaking of Amari, bench on kickoff. He got uh-huh. replaced by Christian Watson. Christian Watson, they kept trying to feed him the end rounds. The end rounds went from like minus three to three yards every single time. They just did not work. It was funny though. The Mercedes Lewis touchdown off of that was off great. Of the end around look. Yeah, that was great. Maybe the only highlight of this yeah. whole game. Yeah, easily that that uh, we'll do our our top plays of the game um posed later on this week but if anything else even comes close to that one i'm gonna i'm gonna have to yell at everybody who voted for something else yeah <laughs> there's nothing else that's close that was great first catch of the year too and i think that yeah. might have been i think i saw he hadn't even run a pass route in the first four games wow i think i saw I that this morning or, or no, yesterday I can't, I can't remember anything specifically but that's yeah. that's funny if that's true you could play for my team forever though i yeah. love I love Big Dog. Yep. Um, Naiman Bakhtiari, again, rotated at left tackle. There was that weird thing. I mean, this might just be a Twitter thing. People might not care about it on the podcast. But, like, people were saying, you know, Bakhtiari just, like, let pressure go on that, like, Hail Mary attempt on the inside and stuff. That's a design rollout. That's the exact same protection that they had for the Jerry Cook play against Yes. Like, that's what they do in Hail Mary attempts. Like, you let inside pressure. Rodgers flips his back around to the defense. One of the guards pulls around and is like looking to, for, for support. Like that's yep. just what they do. It's it's funky. It doesn't look normal. I understand, but that's it, it, don't blame Vakhtiari for that. I mean, there's no. plenty of blame to go on the offensive <laughs> line. That's that's not the play. Um, I do think. I don't know. It, I don't even think they asked Lafleur about it because I watch I watched the presser. I don't even think that they asked Lafleur about the rotation yeah. at left tackle. Um, I know a lot was going on today. He'll probably address it tomorrow, but I assume the flight has a lot to do with it. I mean, I remember when like Rogers' knee was banged up, yeah, in the McCarthy era, late in the McCarthy era, where they took a trip. I think it was like a back-to-back trip, and the second leg was against Washington, and that was the game. Rogers had his knee banged up, and they just didn't go under center the entire game. He was in the like, pistol mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I assume, dude, like just being cramped up on a plane. Just common sense like that probably is good for your knee, especially they're on like cheap turf, I think is is what people were saying about um the field in, in Tottenham. So I, yeah. I can see how that situation plays out. For sure. And and Chris mentioned it when we did our halftime Twitter spaces that you know that a long flight like that, just maybe it's something you know, something with the air pressure changes too, that can cause some swelling. Um I'm sure they had pods on the flight. I think Jair said something uh midweek about he got a pod and and there was at least a selection of like the a lot of the key players who who got the like the lay flat pod first class style. So I'm sure they would have given Bakhtiari one of those with his knee. But even so, still you're dealing with, you know, an eight plus hour flight. Um all those 
you know, those, those pressure changes. Hell, I'm getting old enough that I can actually feel the weather changing in my knee now. So like, I, I, I get it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give him, give him too much heat for that. And, and it's again, it's not like Nyman played particularly poorly. He no. wasn't a, he wasn't one of the, the linemen you're, you're out there noticing on a, a regular basis. So I think it was just a little bit of a surprise because Bach went pretty much the whole game last week against new England. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the travel and, and that all just kind of played into it and they wanted to try to, um, ease the, ease the burden on him a little bit. So here's the other thing. So we talk about travel and all that stuff, right? Remember the Packers in terms of rest in between games and like back to backs and all that stuff, they have the hardest schedule in the league in terms of time changes, right? Like, how quickly you have to turn around these games and stuff like that. The Giants game, right? So this happened in London. Their next games are at Lambeau, at FedEx, at Highmark Stadium, and at Ford Field. I mean, they're not going to be at the same stadium. This is the first leg of a five-week stretch. They're playing in a different stadium every single week. So they're going to be bouncing around the country too. And, you know, three of those games at the end are – after this week, right, we're going to play the Jets. It's a three-week road stretch. Yeah. They could have had a bye week next week. They turned it down. Um yeah. I well, hey, what that that week before uh the regular season is like a mini bye week, LaFleur said. Yeah. I don't know how that helped them. I mean, they came off and lost 7 to 23 and looked like crap all season, but that was a mini bye week. So uh, they sure. haven't cracked 30 points in a single game. I mean, 27 is the high that they scored. They hit that against the Bears, which Okay, you're the Chicago Bears, and then they did that against the New England Patriots, and it took overtime. I am not confident in this football team. Not at all. Not at all. It's uh, it's not a fun feeling, right? Like, no, I, no, everything is, everything is a mess. The, uh, I don't know. If we, we can we can get into this. I I, I want to touch when we do vibe checks on the offense about the the third and fourth down calls on that last series too, but. <laughs> or or let's 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 just do it now right like why why don't you what there's plenty of time left you can run the ball and I, that was that had those had to be rpos especially that third down call right like josh myers got a great block off the snap mm-hmm. um that that looked like a a run play and I thought it was interesting that Aaron Jones said after the, after the game that he's like, no, you, you give me my money. I'd put it on me and Dylan to pick up two yards on, on two plays. And especially the way they were, they were running the ball. I, I got to agree with him. I, yeah, it's, just, it, it was funky. Those deflections. I don't think yeah. that that's, I mean, I saw a stat. It was like Rogers had one deflection the entire regular season up to that point, and then you get two back to back. That was weird. Like it's it's weird, but even the I think the fourth down, like he threw it out to the the right corner of the end zone, and whoever he was throwing it to was blanketed. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I think if that do, if that doesn't get knocked down, I don't think there's a chance in hell it's getting completed anyway. So yeah, I just I, I again I kind of keep coming back to. I know they've got like two play calls when they go under center basically on every play and and he's canning in and out of things based on the look that he's getting at the line of scrimmage. But I, I, I just, I just feel like in, in a game like this with a defense that a giant's defense that was missing a couple of their big guys, right? Leonard Williams was out. Aziz Ozilari was out. Um, those are, those are key contributors on their front seven. And again, you're picking up five, six yards of carry trust your run game to pick up two yards. 
So that's all right. I'll get off my soapbox on that one now. A uh, couple questions here. One, these are quick. Jalen Smith. Did you know Jalen Smith was a starter for the Giants? Coming I didn't know he was still in the NFL before I saw his name announced yes. in the starting lineup. Okay, I'm glad because I feel like <laughs> I looked at this game from a couple angles and that had never come up that Jalen Smith was on this team and starting. Um, two, is this a one-game season? I'm okay with it being a one-game season at this point. If they lose that game, I'm going to freak out. You cannot lose to McCarthy at home. Yeah. You can't do it. No. Nope. I, 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 I am putting all my hope into this year on that because I can't place it on postseason su- success. That is not healthy. This team is not good enough to, to put it on postseason success. But we got to beat McCarthy at home. As a Wisconsin alumnus who just saw one of my teams lose to an old coach on their home turf, I cannot go through that a second time in the same football season. I can't do it. I'm with you. If I mean that could be a bad stretch, right? So we're talking to so this is three weeks in a row, oh. from week eight to week ten at Buffalo. Buffalo is going to score points, right? Yep. I mean that's just what they're going to do. If you can't keep up in a shootout, that's going to be ugly. The Detroit Lions they had. Have- the oh, Buff- Buffalo had 400 yards in the first half today. Crazy. Crazy. Insane. Yeah. That's Detroit, up until today when they got shut out, was the highest scoring team in the NFL, right? And then yep. you get Dallas at home. If they look bad in that three-game stretch, that's where it's like Joe Barry, like the mm-hmm. hot seat is not only real, it's like that might be the nail in the coffin at that point. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is the first time I know I've just – I've kind of been the Barry apologist guy. Like week one last year, I was like, let's, let's not fire the dude. The the system looks okay. All that stuff. Week one this year, I felt like a lot of the issues were on execution, not necessarily the play calls. This is the first time where I'm like, the structure sucks. The structure is no longer working. <laughs> They're not yeah. getting into the penny looks and nickel. And I understand you spent a first round draft pick on Quay Walker, but like Devondre isn't looking good. And when Devondre isn't looking good, there's no point in really like the team might be better if they go into Penny and play Quay as the single mic. And like I was just going to say you, the same thing. I don't know if you want a green dot, <laughs> right? Like I understand that that's an issue and that's a whole yeah. conversation and all that stuff. But like I don't know. Think about it. Think about it a little bit because you I get, think the team is best that in in when they're in those kind of looks. You can give Amos the the communication helmet. He's done it before. He'd be fine. <laughs> I yeah I'm with you and I'll I'll even take that stretch that three game stretch even farther out right um you said at Buffalo at Detroit home for Dallas you go the next two weeks you got a Thursday night game at home against Tennessee Thursday night games are always weird at least it's at home yeah. you're coming you know it's a the home the week before home for Thursday night then Sunday night after Thanksgiving you got the Eagles at Philly that's going to be rough too we've yes. talked about Philly being schematically just a nightmare for yeah for the Packers to match up again that's that's gonna be a rough one I'm I am not looking forward to that game either that one I'm dreading probably maybe not quite as much as the Buffalo game but pretty darn close yeah I mean I think Philadelphia right now because of that offensive line for the most part and then you know mobile quarterback we saw the issues Daniel Jones was were able to give you know the Packers even when he was limited that's an issue too um Another t- game that I want to highlight real quick before we get into break, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, Christmas if Day. If there's going to be another team that runs something similar to like what Wink does defensively, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins, and that's 
it's a pretty clear trap game situation, I think. I mean, the Packers are going to come off of a short week, a little bit of a short week, because they're playing Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams off of a bye in Week 15. Then Week 16, they're going to play Miami. It's right before back-to-back against, um, you know, divisional rivals at the end of the season. That could be that could be a weird one, and I'm mm-hmm. way less confident after this game that the team knows what the heck they're doing. Because if, if you can just show stuff by alignment and get the Packers out of the run game, I I don't like their passing game enough to be able to get this done. I mean, if Rodgers is just going to throw up billow balls, like let him, let him, I guess, because yeah. three of them go, three of them, you, you can get him to throw three bad balls in a row, force it into coverage and punt. So we've seen it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Let's take it a break. Um, on the other side, we'll get into the vibe checks that sure aren't going to be very positive. It's not going to be fun. And we're back. All right. Offense. Offensive line. Still goofy. Yeah. Really goofy stuff. Even, even there was like that one pressure Rodgers had really early in the game where Bakhtiari and John Runyon Jr. just didn't pass off a twist, and then Josh Myers lost control of a guy, and Rodgers threw a dart down the middle, and it was amazing to see, but it's like he is kind of bailing them out a little Mm. bit on the offensive line. One thing that's also worrying me, like how many times have we seen like Rodgers break the pocket this year? Yeah. He's in there a lot, and I don't know if it's like a he doesn't trust his legs anymore thing, but like – well, he's sticking in the pocket, and it's leading yeah. to, like, he's taking some big hits, right? Obviously, some of that comes back down to the offensive line. But, like, seriously, when's the last time we've seen Rodgers break the pocket? I don't know if Paul, he's done it this year. I Yeah, Paul actually made posted about this a little bit uh, earlier this week, um, specifically looking at, like, Rodgers' rushing stats as a kind of a, a – a proxy for his overall just mobility and athleticism. But I think that's the better, the better instance of it actually having a, an impact on the game. Um, look, if he's, if he's not running fine, whatever, but if he's not using that, um, you know, that ability to escape that he's always had, uh, that's, that's really going to start limiting you, especially when you have the questions that we've got with Elton still on the right side. Um, you know, with, with Newman and pass protection. Um, it's, it's very, very concerning to me. And um, I mean, Rogers has always been a little bit more sack prone, I think, than the average quarterback. He's not like Russell Wilson levels of, yeah. of, uh, of taking sacks, but um, he's always been a little bit more, you know, above average in terms of, um, you know, how many sacks he's, he's taking. And that's going to be real bad if, if it's a just he's purely you know not either not confident in his ability to escape or just you know having the physical decline that inevitably comes with being you know close to 40 years old and uh and if that's if that's keeping him you know forcing him to stay in the pocket like he said and it's not like they're designing a lot of these deep routes either right i mean i, I was talking to keegan abdu who i had on intercepted he's so happy right now mm-hmm. about the Giants being four and one. Just sends me texts like the haters and losers says it's fake. Like the the record the record stands. <laughs> He's so excited. But um, he texted me. I think it was right before halftime. I put it in the APC chat. Uh, Rogers' time to throw was like two point two seconds, which was 
the lowest that it's ever been um, since next gen stats basically had like the tracking of that type of stuff. So, I mean, think about it really like literally one, two ball is out every single play. Like that's all that's on average. That's him taking the snap from the gun and then ripping the ball out. Um, He has a really quick trigger, right? Which is nice. And he probably can't run some of these RPOs with every quarterback in the league as dumb as that sounds like it is a benefit to Rogers game, but they're already doing so many things to get the ball out of his hand quick. I, I wonder, I just wonder, I, I want to see the play where he ends up breaking the pocket. I know he was scrambling around mm-hmm. a little bit on the Hail Mary and stuff like that, but yeah, he, ha- he hasn't broken the pocket. And if you can keep him in the pocket, I mean, he's not operating from a like progression standpoint, like Peyton Manning yeah. at this point. Right. The, the only one that I can think of in this game was that one to, to Cobb on the sideline that had to get reviewed when he did the toe yeah. tap. That's literally, I think the only one that I can think of from today. And I can't really think of any last week in it against new England either. Yeah. Like it it's, it's almost entirely you know, the broken play, which was basically the entire offense you know, a couple of years ago, the, yeah. the the last vestiges of the McCarthy era, um, it's it's gone. And he was they, he, yeah. they he was always so good on that. Yeah. In the mirror. Um the wide receivers are still young. That's pretty it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> you know, even uh Sanchez caught like, you know, I think they were trying to run Yankee and just no one ran the post. So it was just two digs running into each other. Rodgers ended up checking yeah. it down to to something else, but um, this offense is not clicking right now. I mean, they're they're just not sharp, and I don't. I mean, I don't know what you do. I mean, I don't know how you structure practices and stuff like that. But this team is not good enough to get out of the wild card round right now. No, ab- no, no. <laughs> All right, um, vibe check. I gotta go. Like. Four out of ten at most at this point. Like terrible vibes. I don't like this. Every week they change like what they do in the run game. It seems to work and they just don't commit to it enough. Yep. That sucks. So I don't know. Like go under center. Use Deguara. Use Deguara. Like use him as a Y off guy in the gun. Do more of like the I formation stuff. I mean, we've seen Dylan play good when when he has a lead blocker. We've seen mm-hmm. Aaron Jones be more, honestly be more explosive this season as an inside runner than we have in the past. Like I know a lot of the Aaron Jones stuff has been a lot of like outside stuff or off tackle stuff, like sweeps and breaking power and just springing long runs that way. But Jones has done a good job of like just breaking off ten yard runs on like inside zone. Yeah, just keep doing that. Like get under center. We don't have to do all this RPO stuff. I, I understand there's the whole Rogers always talks about it is like I wanted to get X going. Like run the run the damn ball. Yeah, the the guy you need to be getting going is is Jones and Dylan at this point. And it is absurd. Think, like Jones, has anyone gotten paid like Aaron Jones to get as few touches as? Oh him? my god! I want to look into that. I, th- I th- yeah, that's an article because yep, it's kind of crazy because. Dollars per touch for a running yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've restructured this entire team to kind of like deal with a lot of like the big cap hits. And some of them haven't necessarily worked out because things are like David Bakhtiari's been hurt, right? And stuff like that. But Aaron Jones is the one where it's like you kind of control the ROI here. 
mm-hmm. you're just like not really using him that much. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, that's a big part of why I'm, I'm at like a three after today. Like it's, we, we've known that, you know, Rogers can slip into the hero ball thing every once in a while, but now I also have major kind of schematic and identity questions about what is this offense? Yeah. You've talked all season, or all, all off season, all summer long through training camp about wanting to be a running, a running team built around the running game and the defense, then run the damn ball. Just and again, I, I I I keep coming back to the the Rogers RPO thing and how much of that is on is on him versus on Lafleur versus on the coaching staff, and I think that's a question we'll never really truly get the answer to. But um, whoever's whoever's to blame for it, uh, it's getting real frustrating, and it it's it's making me lose faith in in the ability of this offense to to bounce back i know i said last week that i felt like they were just one or two plays away i don't feel that way anymore at all i'm not even i'm yeah. nowhere near that uh this this offense has some some major identity issues to, that they need to figure out other thing that i wanted to bring up christian watson second hamstring injury no yeah i think so second hamstring injury third knee injury in his career i don't love it i don't like yeah. it I don't yeah like it's it. It's not uh it's not enough to to make me paranoid just yet, but you know, it's it's worrisome. We'll leave do it at you, that. <laughs> do you think the team is going to be in the wide receiver market still in the draft next year? Because that's you know a big yeah. question. They even asked Rogers about OBJ in yeah. uh, in the presser, <laughs> in the postgame presser and stuff. There's a British dude and Rogers was like, he's not even healthy yet, so I don't want to talk about it unless you know he is healthy. I don't think OBJ really fits the system because Dobbs is already kind of filling that role. And yeah, hopefully Watkins is going to come back at some point. Um, there's only so many like quote unquote, like small guys that, that, you know, <clears throat> can kind of fit in this little four offense, even though they aren't running the ball, but Lazard is going to be a free agent. Uh-huh. Cobb is going to be a free agent. Watkins. Who knows if, who, yeah, Watkins, who knows if Amari is going to be around by yeah. the end of the season, let alone next year. And then Toure can't see the field. So the only guys that are like locks to be on the team next year are Dobbs and Watson. And I don't think you can count on them. Agreed. Like just only them, right? So yeah. are we if watching 2023 if, wide receivers? If you're scouting right now, we're, we're looking hard at receivers and edge players. I mean, that's the – I think those are the two the two groups that, that you got to keep looking at. Safety is another one. Yeah. Let's get into defense. Yeah. Um, safety is another one. Amos is looking good. He's going to be a free agent. Darnell Savage, though. How, how long are we going to wait for Darnell Savage to take the step? Because he has he gotten better since his rookie year. I legit don't know. I don't think so. He he always yeah he's always felt like just that that same guy. Um, he's got the he's got the speed and the closing ability, but he always you know seems like he he always looks a little bit lost every once in a while. <laughs> I think yeah. in terms of the other guys in the secondary, I think Russell probably had his roughest game of the year um, mm-hmm. just because of the penalties and stuff. I think Stokes got cooked a lot. I mean, I'm going to have to see on the all 22 because it's really hard to watch defensive backs from TV copy and stuff, but seems like he was losing a lot of these guys on crossers. And you would think, I mean, Eric Stokes literally runs a four two. Yeah. He shouldn't be being ran away with. Right. Yeah. So, 
kind of a weird game. At Jair looked great. I thought he's just yeah. banging helmets. I mean, he's he's big physical tackles in the first half. Yeah, and on guys who were a good fifty pounds 50. heavier than him. Yeah, <laughs> those so, those two. I think what two hits on Saquon that uh, yeah. basically stopped him in his tracks. Like that's. When when Jair's you know not worried about his shoulder and when he's when he's out there flying around he is unquestionably one of the most fun defensive players to watch in the NFL. Devondre, you <sighs> mentioned it before. I'm worried. Yeah. Uh, whoever whoever uh, rebuilt Randall Cobb's body, I would like <laughs> him to pass the number over to Devondre Campbell because Devondre yep. Campbell does not look like the same guy that he was last year. And there, there were some, there was like the, this, I don't can't remember if it was a screen or a check down to Saquon, but like Saquon's here in footsteps and stuff like that. And that's nice to see, but yeah. we're not seeing it consistently. And mm-hmm. there are times where they're just like running inside zone and it just pops. And it's like, what was that? And it's like, yeah, Devondre Campbell didn't get any knockback on a guard. And last year he probably would have. Yeah. It's well, and he's taken some bad angles too, that he didn't take last year. Um, it seems like he's getting getting caught up in the wash a lot more just just in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's you know, his his fits or, or or what, but he just it's it's a combination of a lack of physical play. The speed doesn't look like it's there like it was last year. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll find out at the end of the year he's dealing with some sort of weird little nagging injury or something. Um, but, you know, and it is also, you know, just the the positioning of his run fits just don't seem to be where they were last year either. So that's not a good combination. The defensive line. I know Jerron Reed made a play today. He made a play. I still sort of (laughs) Mark Sanchez was like, he keeps making plays. And then I saw, I think it was Ryan Wood (laughs) of the green Bay press Gazette was like, he's a good football player. Like something, something we don't know if he's great yet. Are we sure he's a good football player? I'm not sure he's a good football Mm -hmm. player. Like PJ Slayton's making more plays on fewer attempts than him. And I wonder if that's a thing where it's like, we don't want to use Slayton because he is Kenny Clark's backup. So like when Kenny needs a breather, we literally, because we have four guys on the defensive line right now, do not have someone that, that can sub in for him. But like, I don't know, activate Jonathan Ford, like activate (laughs) Jonathan Ford so that he could play that backup nose tackle role if you need to. And get my trash can on the field. Get Jack Heflin and you know out there. Do something. Come on. They got to do something like, with this defensive line. It's been oh my God. what two years of this now. Full yeah. blown two years of this where they just you gotta you gotta have better players on the defensive yeah. line. There's no well, way I, that these that Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed can play this many snaps and have this little of an impact. Period. Well, and Lowry continues to be exactly who who we know he is. He's a pass rushing five tech for a team that you know, runs a ton of nickel and, you know, just, he, he's not a, he's not a run stuffing tackle at this point. And he, and he never really has been right. That was always kind of his, his thing coming out of college. So, I mean, we, I said it at halftime, the best three, three man down line against the run is probably Jaron Reed, TJ Slayton at the nose and Kenny Clark on the other side at yeah. the, at the other end position. Um, I'd rather see that out there on first downs at this point, uh, against a, a run-heavy offense like this, than than having Lowry on the field. The outside linebackers are getting a little better, I think. Garvin mm-hmm. showing signs of life. Did, it, did a little Lowry. thing. Yeah, looked solid. There's 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 a little bit of flash, but yeah, I, I 
I was saying, I alluding to it earlier. I still think they need some, they'll need some more depth. And yeah. is, was this a, is this turned out to be a contract year for Preston? Now I'm trying to remember how they reworked his deal. If he's got one more year after this, but either way, um, Gary's going to be on his option year next year. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to need some, some long-term help there, I think. So the way Preston's dead cap works, they can save like $3 million and 10.6 in cash with a release next off season. So he did sign that four-year extension, That's but they didn't right. give him very many, very much guarantees. Yeah. Um, so as long as they make the decision quick, it shouldn't be an issue. I That contract really, if you want to look at it, it's a two-year deal for like twenty-four yeah, so and a half million, and then they can save like seven million dollars in twenty twenty-four. That's right. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it was like the like the Z restructure where they forgot they didn't add years on, but um, but yeah. So he'll he'll be around next year, and you know, like I said, Gary will be on his fifth-year option. But um, yeah, I'm still, I I I have some some hope for Enigbare. Um, the one flash from Garvin doesn't exactly you know, instill a whole lot of faith for me yet. So I still think they ought to be in the market. Um, try to get a, a year or two ahead of that when, when the need really hits, because that's a, that's something that Ted was always so good at doing was drafting for need, like a year or two down the line. Yeah. And um, I think Goody has been a little, uh, he's been a little more reactionary to uh, Gary's maybe the one example where, you know, he, they, they, they double down on, on edge with Gary the same year that they signed Z and Preston to those big free agent deals. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that seems like that's not been quite the, the same strategy that, that Goody has had. Vibe checks defense. I'm going to go with the four two. Yep. Um, They are very talented. It sucks that Savage Devondre the defensive line probably Stokes in this game specifically um, haven't met up to expectations this year, but they're still talented. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a, we're hitting the, we're hitting rock bottom or anything like that, but I don't, I don't know what you run. I mean, they seem, they want to play too high. They're not good enough yeah. to stop the run to play too high consistently. So. Yeah. And that's, they're going to, they're going to be, like I said, in, it's going to be scary when they play Buffalo in a couple of weeks. It's going to be scary when they play Philly, you know, a month after that, those are the two that, you know, and those are the, the two Sunday night games left on the schedule too. Like they could very easily get curb stomped twice on Sunday night football on the road, you know, in the middle part of this season. It's not going to be fun. Special teams. thought they did pretty good. Only thing I have to worry about is the, the Amari fumble. That was fun. Yeah. Right into right into Deguara's hands. Thank God for him. <laughs> free free Deguara. I want to see more Deguara snaps. Yeah. I feel like good things happen when Deguara's on the field. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Amari. What the heck? I mean, Cobb is getting so many touches. Dobbs is getting so many touches. I don't know if you want to throw them out on punt return, but I think they had what was it? The intentional safety. That then led to a punt. Keyshawn Nixon was the return man for that. They had him deep. So bizarre. I don't know if he's really even gotten that many reps as a return man. Um, and I don't know if they count that as like a kick return thing versus a, a punt because a safety punt is so weird. I mean, it's basically like a kickoff that's 
at a different yard line, but yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't just get rid of Amari. Leave him in London. Yeah, I. That I have nothing to add. <laughs> he doesn't do it well, and it's no. the only role on the team that he fills now. He doesn't mm-hmm. play offense. He doesn't I'll, play special teams that much outside of return man. He just got replaced as a kick returner. Yep. What are we doing here? I want to. I want to hear somebody ask Rogers again. You know what? What Amari's going to do, and and what role they have for him on offense? Because yeah. last time he answered that question, it was hilarious. Um, and I want to. I want to see what he has to say now. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Jack Coco. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Woo. I I wanted to tweet out Union Jack Coco with like the laser eyes. <laughs> if they won, they obviously did not win. Yeah. Um, special teams, I'll give it like seven out of ten. I mean, they're good outside of return. Yeah. You you the the coverage has been great. Again, this week we had both Nixon and Ford back on uh on special teams full time. And the coverage units kind of showed it. And it was, again, last week was Belichick and, and that whole, you know, weird angle too, where, where he's kind of going to test things on special teams. But, um, yeah, coverage, no issues. Another couple of, uh, nice ones from O'Donnell. Um, would have been real nice if Nixon had fallen on that one football on the, the muffed punt. Though. Yeah. That would have been, been really, nice. really nice. Cause that would have come right after that three and out and tie game and, uh, would have would have changed the whole the whole complexion of that fourth quarter. So, um, but that's it's, footballs are shaped really weird, and shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> special teams thing I want to talk about. Eric Wilson, he was active. Uh, yeah, I guess so. He was active. He wasn't on. Usually, they use the inside linebackers on punt protection. Um. They did not. They kept the Gora out there. It's going to be interesting to see. So this is kind of like how the numbers work out, right? Like Eric Wilson's not out there yet necessarily. The Gora's out there helping the inside linebackers on punt protection at the wing. Patrick Taylor's out there. Those are a lot of guys where like the situations are fluid. And I don't know how many of those, like, are they going to use Tyler Davis out there? Probably not. Like he's playing the wing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they're not going to use them on the line of scrimmage. So I don't know what the plan is long-term, but once you start seeing like Patrick Taylor, like the roster gets churned or Eric Wilson, the roster gets churned because of, you know, the assumed promotions or, or elevations of uh, Kylan Hill and uh, Chris Barnes in the future, like, Special teams is going to change a little bit, and I don't know what direction it's going to move into. Yeah, I was looking. He he did at least get into the game. Wilson did, um, but that'll be um, yeah. I I didn't notice him at, at any point on any of the units, and we'll have to see what the what the counts look like uh, tomorrow morning. Is this bad juju? So Eric Wilson got forty five. <laughs> forty five came from <laughs> Ramiz Ahmed. <laughs> Ahmed is now wearing. Devontae Adams's number. Is this all just bad juju because we gave Devontae Adams's number to a kicker? A backup uh, kicker. It's it doesn't feel great. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Man. We got anything else? Uh just I I want to touch on a couple of the things with just the game being in London in general, too. Um first thing that cracked me up is it it, it makes me laugh whenever 
the American national anthem is played in England. And it especially made me laugh because it's a song built off an old British drinking song, but uh, the lyrics were written during and about a war of independence between the U.S. and the British, um, War of 1812 to be specific, uh, and then playing it at an American football game in London. Just I, I was I was dying laughing. Uh, God Save the King is still weird. I don't care what anybody says. Um, it's been God Save the Queen my whole life and for the last, what, 60-something years until like a month ago. So that's freaking weird. And then... Um, I, I I really I enjoyed and I appreciated the exuberance of the fans. Um clearly huge, huge Packers fan presence. Um and, and clearly they were behind him and and were, you know, it was a, a massive advantage. But there was a lot of noise when the Packers had the football. And the that's the one attempt. thing. The go pack oh. go chant during the Hail Mary attempt. I'm like, I understand yeah. you guys are excited, but yeah. That's Keep that's down, my please. that's my only my only ask for the next time that that the Packers end up going over to the UK is um for anyone who's who's over there and was at the game um just yeah keep it keep it low keep the the noise level real real low when when the Packers are on offense there's a I think the the fourth the third and fourth downs there was a lot of noise on that last drive um you know who knows if that affected anything probably not but still um yeah, you want to you want to keep that keep that to a to a hush for uh, for your offense when they're out there. So, but um, no, it sounded it seemed like everybody was was having a great time at least during the lead up to the game. And um, you know, at, personally, I'm I'm happy for all the Packers fans overseas and and over in Europe and the UK, especially who who got a chance to see the team and um, just feel bad for you guys that uh, you had to see this shit game. So, that's my parting thought. Hopefully they'll play the Jets better. They're the Jets, but we also said they're the Patriots and they're the New York Giants. So, yeah, keep it tuned to the feed. I'm certain we're going to have breakdowns on uh, just all the crap that we yeah. saw this week. Uh, let's hope for better. I don't really know what else to say other than that. It feels like vibes, probably the worst in the LaFleur era. Plummeting. Literally the worst in the LaFleur era. Yeah, this is rough. So, <sighs> see where we go, go from here. Go, Pet, go.